S chapter, in verse 5, he says, I have heard of you by the hearing of my ear, but now my eye sees you. I like the angle of that. There we go. So Job was saying here, I've heard of you. I've heard about you. But he says, now my eye sees you. There is something shifted. Something happened in his life from the point when he was hearing about God. He knew about God. But now he's saying, my eye sees you. And I think if you have ever read through the chapter of Job, and it probably everybody has or knows the story of what happened, I think we get what he's saying. Like something transpired in his life previous to him making this statement. And I want to look at that briefly this morning. The word briefly, Seth, thank you. So, Adele asked me on Friday evening if I can share a message. I said, I can do a meditation, not a message. <laughs> anyway, so, in... I'm going to ask a couple questions just, as, just to get our mind thinking about Job and about the story of what we have here. A couple questions are, is God the source of all good? If so, then where is God when the good is gone or what we feel as the good is gone? So if he's a source of all good, when there's absence of good, where is God? When that happens in your life, if it has or if it did, what did you do? Did you walk away? Did you turn away from God? When things were going good and all of a sudden things are not going good, what was your response to that? Did you think or do you think that God is punishing you? And can you still trust God when everything is haywire? Nothing is feeling good anymore. Can you still trust God? There's a lot of focus put on Job when we talk about Job and people share about Job. A lot of focus is put on the beginning part where it tells us about this thing that happened in the heavenlies. And I'm not going to discount that, Rob. I'm not going to focus on that this morning. Oftentimes, that initial part of the story is used in a lot of different ways to, I don't know, just whatever in our life. But the only thing I want to state about that is it is very plain in that setting, in the heavenlies, where God was and the angels came up to him, they had their little meeting, the little, where they came to present themselves. The only statement I'm going to make about that is God started it. It says, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan or the accuser also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, where do you come from? And his reply was, from going to and, fro, to and fro the earth. We all know that, walking back and forth on it. 
And the verse does not say then that Satan said, I see Job and he is walking, you know, right and you are blessing him. That's not how it goes. It says, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered? God started this whole, what I call almost like a fiasco. If I'd be watching it and watching it happen to me or anybody else that I know, I would call that a fiasco, I think. <laughs> Even worse than that. But God started it. He approached Satan. He said, did you see Job? Did you consider my servant Job? So that's all I'm going to spend time on that because I really want to focus on what Job's response was for these things that were happening in his life. It says that he lost, uh, let me see, the messenger came and um, he got raided. They killed his servants. Then while he was still speaking, another guy, another person came, said the fire of God came Fell from heaven, maybe a lightning, burned up the sheep and servants, consumed them. Only I escaped. While he was still speaking, another person came and said they raided the camels. They took them away, killed the servants. And while he was still speaking, another came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And everyone's dead. And only I escaped to tell you. We read that part of it many times. And the next verse is something that is my personal desire. It's what I strive for. It says, Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. Job recognized something here. He was a successful businessman. It's interesting in the Old Testament, there's a lot of time spent, a lot of um, chapters and verses spent talking about how some of the, the men of God were wealthy, wealthy businessmen, good businessmen. You don't get to have as many camels and, and whatever other animals they had, ox and sheep and goats and servants and properties and whatever else that they had, tents, without being a good businessman. So they were good businessmen. But in this, in this case here, Job recognized immediately that he was, he had only because God gave, and he worshipped him right away. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In verse 22, it says, in all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. What is your first response when it seems like all hell is coming against you? When everything is just flipping and coming against you, what is your first response? Do you say, God, what's going on here? Why are you allowing this? What is going get angry at God? Or do you choose to just lay down like Job did here and say, I worship you? Very, very hard to do. Very hard. This story, the, just this initial part of Job, kind of completely debunks or rebukes the prosperity gospel because the prosperity gospel says if you do everything right and you, know, you live your life and you follow God, God's going to bless you and you're going to become wealthy. Job was a man 
who was doing what was right. And it says that very plainly in the beginning. But because of something that was happening that God was involved in, he pulled all that from him. It also debunks the, the, you know, some people say you can't be a Christian and have a lot of money and, and, and be very wealthy. That's also not true because it's very obvious. Well, um, Job was very wealthy. He had a lot of animals, had a lot of servants. And then it comes back and um, says, Another day came when the sons of God presented before the Lord. Satan was also there. And the next part of the story is God gave him permission to inflict pain upon his physical body. And he broke out with boils. I don't know what they are, but I don't think they're very fun from what I understand. And through all of that, in verse 9, okay, I'm going to start in verse 7. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord, struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. He took for himself a potsherd with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. And then his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity, curse God, and die? <clears throat> and his reply is another one of my like, things that I just like, my mottos, my goals, my sayings that I have. It says, you speak as one of the foolish woman speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God, and shall we not accept accept adversity. So he's simply saying right away, do we just, do I just, do you just accept the good from God and not want to accept the adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. And again, I come back and ask the question, what is your response when, that's, when things are going against you, things are just not flowing anymore? His response first was to worship after he lost all his belongings and his family, and then to the point where he was probably about as miserable as you could be, he still said, do we only accept the good and not the, the adversity from God? The definition of that is when, uh, of adversity is what I've came up with in the Greek and Latin is when things seem against you. And I think that seem is a very key portion, key part of this word here, of this part of his life. When things seem against you, we have our idea when things are coming against us or we're watching another you know, brother or sister go through a hard time, and it seems things are just going against them. That's what our intellectual mind tells us. But we do not know what is happening in the heavenlies. And this is very plain here in Job, what was happening. We know the story as it's being written out. The story we are living right now currently, we don't see that. What is our response? It doesn't matter what is happening in heavenlies. Our response is what matters. And that's what Job did such a good job in living it out. And if you keep on going, his friends came. He had three friends that came. And they spent seven days and seven nights by his side without speaking. They must have been very good friends, because I'm not sure I could do that to any one of you all here. Seven days and seven nights without speaking? Wow. But after that, 
Job opens his mouth and he cursed the day of his birth. He said, May the day perish on which I was born, and the night in which it was said, A male child is conceived. May that day be darkness. But in all of that, he did not curse God. He did not speak against God. He was just simply aguishing into pain and saying, Woe the day that I was born. I wish I wouldn't have been born. Woe is that day because of the pain that he was in. And then the next, next uh, chapters, all these chapters through here, his friends were saying, Job, you've sinned. Job, you're being chastened by God. And, and Job then comes back and explains what he's feeling um, and just through here. And then they say, Job, you should repent and, and just all sorts of stuff all the way through here. So these were his friends. And it just the next, I think, 12 or 14 verses or 12 or 14 chapters, something like that, is all about that. And then I'm going to just jump right back into a prayer that Job was giving in, verse, in chapter 13, verse 20. He is praying to God. He said, only two things do not do to me. Then I will not hide myself from you. Withdraw your hand far from me. And let not the dread of you make me afraid. In the midst of all this that had just happened, I don't know how much time period it was that this was all happening in. I don't know how long his friends were there after those seven days. The first seven days, they didn't talk at all. But then all the next chapters, they talked a lot. I don't know how many days or weeks that was drawn out over. But when they were done with all of that part, his response in prayer to God was, do not withdraw your hand from me. And let not the dread of you make me, be, make me be afraid. Is that what we do? Can we do that? And then they keep on accusing him of stuff. <laughs> Accuse him of folly. All sorts of stuff. And they give examples of how the wicked are punished in, verse, in chapter 18. And it, Job just continues to trust God through all of this. One of, the, one of the friends even gives a sermon about the wicked man, tries to give him an example of, you know, here's a parallel, what could happen? Are you this man? And Job just kept right on going. <coughs> Excuse me, I hit, I hit it before I wanted to. <coughs> there we go. In chapter 23, I'm going to read a couple of verses here. Verse 11 and 12, my notes say. My foot has kept fast to his steps. And this is Job now is proclaiming the righteousness of God. And he goes all the way down through. But in verse 11, I'm going to pick up. My foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Again, he just keeps on proclaiming who God is. He does not deviate from that at all. Just amazing. In, in 23, earlier in that part, he is talking in his, when he's talking to God, in his prayer to God, he said... I would present my case before him, meaning God. I would fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words with which he would 
answer me and understand what he was said to me. He's simply saying, even if I were, can I present my case to you in a courtroom of heaven? Basically, he's saying to God. And I would argue, why is this happening to me? What is happening here? But he still did not curse God. He still did not come against God. He, was, he wanted to talk with God. He wanted to debate with God. He wanted to present his case to God, but he did not sin in it. He did not sin in it. Going into in verse 20, or chapter 27, God again, or Job again says, As God lives, who has taken away my justice, the Almighty who has made my soul bitter, as long as my breath is in me and the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. Far be it from me. I should, that I should say you are right till I die. I will not put away my integrity from me. He still lived with integrity. He still chose to recognize God and did not speak against God. It's just amazing in the midst of all of that stuff that was going on. And then they, the, his friends keep on contradicting him and just all sorts of stuff as you read through that. It's just unbelievable some of the stuff that they were trying to get him convinced to or, or agree to. And bringing it all the way back to chapter 42 to where the part that I first said, but I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. And that's what I want to leave with all of us here today, that in those times of trial, which we probably all go through them at different times of our lives, to different extents, to different degrees, but in all of that, Job gave us an example of what it means like to continue to worship God, continue to recognize God as being the giver of everything, of the good and of the bad, and not cursing him and not coming against him and not speaking anything ill against God at any point of the time. And at the end, what he learned, what he came out of that is, I knew of you before, but now he sees God working. He sees what God can do. He never turned against God, and because of that, he can now say, now my eye sees you. And that's I, what I think is the design for each of us as we go through those hard times that God can be show, showed strong through all of that, and if we choose to walk like Job did, we will see God and know God to a greater level. And then we can share that with other people and the people that, that we associate with. And so at the end of the story then, it does say that God gave all the animals back, plus twice, I believe it was, and he had more children and all sorts of other stuff. He lived to be 140 years old. So it's just an amazing story. But I want to leave that with you guys that in those times when it seems like everything is, when all hell is coming against you, it just feels like everything is coming against you. Choose to not go against God, and through that, you will learn to see him and know him at a greater level. God bless you.